I apologize for being off schedule. I've been having a little bit of technical difficulties. In addition to that, I did some traveling and I was really knocked off of schedule, but now we are back on course and I have another episode for you. So thank you for your listening. Thank you for your patience. And as usual, welcome to Christian Concepts, a weekly show in which I hold thoughtful discussions about Christianity, its concepts, and misconceptions. I'm your host, Taj, and have you ever wondered why there are so many denominations, or as I like to say, flavors of Christianity? Well, if you haven't noticed, there are a lot. And one thing that we all have in common is that we all think we are right. All right. So in my years of trying to figure out my faith and going to various churches, I mean, I have seen everything from just being a little quirky to just outright crazy. But, you know, I've been a part of the Jamaica Baptist Union, Church of God churches, independent Pentecostal churches, independent Baptist churches, uh, Brethren Gospel Hall churches. And I've attended uh, various services and events at non-denominational churches, Seventh-day Adventist churches. And I have even attended an event at Catholic Church, right? So this just really covers the wide array of just everything. And when I literally say, okay, in my younger years, I was trying to figure out what to believe. And it took me a while to actually find a Bible-believing church that settled on, you know, uh, these Christian concepts, which are found in the Word of God. And now, as I've mentioned, I have covered just a wide array of things, and this covers everything from, you know, uh, churches where um, uh, attendees are asked to step out if they say amen too loud, to everything from uh, attendees doing literal backflips and swan dives in the middle of services. I mean, I, I have seen it all, and some of this stuff you think uh, was straight out of a comedy show or something, but I, I can literally tell you I have seen just all sorts of things. And it was a lot to make sense of. Don't get me wrong. Um, there were times when I was just entertained and I was laughing, especially during, you know, my teenage years. I'm like, this is ridiculous. But the older I got and really trying to figure out, like, make sense of all the stuff, it it just really um, drove me to dive into the Bible and actually see what's right. What are these people? Uh, where are they coming from? Why are there so many denominations and so many flavors? Because, you know, sometimes to uh, the, the person that's searching for their church, it might be discouraging or just outright crazy. You know, thank God I haven't seen anything like uh, snake services and poisonous services, but, you know, pretty much everything else I have seen, right? So, and yes, they are out there. It, it's hard to believe, but yes, they are. And so, you know, where does this all come from? What's the big deal with all this stuff? Well, I can definitely say there are some churches that are just not starting with a biblical foundation to begin with. Uh, then they're just adding Christ on top of it. For example, there are a lot of state-sponsored religions through history. You know, if you go all the way back to, uh, you know, just using the Bible as a text, if you go back to Egypt, Egypt had its religion with many gods, of course, Pharaoh being the, um, the, the, the living incarnate of their gods. Then they have the Babylonians with their many religions and, or their religion, excuse me, with their many gods. And of course, the Romans, you know, they were no different either. They had many gods. And of course, at the top of everything on earth was Caesar himself. So, you know, the, throughout history, uh, there have been many state religions, what have you. And what tends to happen when Christianity or in the case of the Egyptians with with, uh, you know, there are many Egyptians that actually turn to Judaism or, or following, you know, the Abrahamic uh, faith, if you will. 
they were actually just mixing a lot of times. And that's why they ran into a lot of trouble, especially when they went into, out to the wilderness. They mixed the Egyptian religion with the, the, the biblical religion, or as we'd say, the, the laws of Moses and everything. And they end up uh, having this hybrid hodgepodge religion that created a lot of problems for them. And this is no different even in modern times where there are tribal religions such as you know ancestry worships and all these different things where as a culture as a society as you know that country within those borders or that community whatever it is they have their certain spiritual beliefs and when christianity now is introduced what ends up happening a lot of times these people will just simply add christ on top of that rather than being wholeheartedly christian they basically just add it as the new flavor. And this even happened in the Bible because you look at uh, Matthew 3, verse 7, when John the Baptist was uh, baptizing and the Pharisees actually came to him to be baptized and he turned them away. You know, he he he's, he asked them who uh, had warmed him. They told him to go repent and he did not baptize them. So why, why was this? You know, this might seem strange that, you know, quote unquote, the greatest baptizer, if you will, because he was the one who got that nickname, John the Baptist, whose ministry seems to be preaching and baptizing in in the wilderness. However, he turned away these people. And the reason being is because this was just the religious crowd and all they were doing was adding the new flavor, the new thing into what they uh, believed. You know, they were not repentant. They uh, were not heeding to the preachings and seeing that the Messiah was coming and uh, repenting and getting ready for the king to come. All they wanted to do is see what this new prophet, this new preacher with his signs and wonders were doing, and they wanted to get on board, and John turned them away. So even back in those days, there was always this, just adding Christianity on top of that. Then, of course, you have the uh, doctrinal differences. A lot of churches actually uh, either start or break off, uh, do their own thing due to doctrinal differences and disagreements. Now, many times this will come in the form of a new revelation or a realization of something or some sorts. For example, uh, in the in the 19th century, uh, the, with, with speaking in tongues and the signs and wonders and everything, you know, uh, with Azusa Street, that whole Pentecostal movement started in the states and really spread across the world. If you if you trace that back, you know, it has caused a lot of rifts in in different churches and different religions, and they they have. Uh, just interpreting that experience, that event and everything, how it has uh, affected Christianity as a whole has caused many splits. Different denominations were started. There are multiple Pentecostal denominations now. At that time, it was, you know, the a, a phenomenon, but now it is pretty, it's worldwide and there is a lot of uh, uh, debate about how biblical that is and what have you. But then also there is different... Uh, uh, revelations in the sense that different prophets claim, claim to come up through history with this new revelation, whether it be a new message, a new uh, interpretation, some new things such as, you know, uh, back with Joseph Smith, with the Mormons, now the Church of Latter-day Saints, as they're called, or with the Advent, you know, the Seventh-day Adventist, and just different things where there's different realizations with Protestant groups where, you know, they were a part of, say, the Catholic Church, and then they realized that certain things that the uh, the the Pope was asking them to do did not line up with what the Bible said, and they broke away. They protested, and they were known, you know, during this time of the Protestant Reformation, all these different churches popped up, you know, with Martin Luther, of course, with the thesis nailed onto the, the chapel, and then, 
you know, all these different things. The Lutherans popped up, the Methodists, and, and so many forth. You, you can go on and on and on. Of course, the Anglicans broke away from the Catholic Church, the Episcopalians, and so many other uh, denominations. They all popped up off of uh, protesting a main group. And that even happens today, in, not in the sense of the, the, the Catholics uh, being protested, but different churches they might have an established body, an established belief, but then something arises and a group of members, they protest that denomination or whatever it is. Even a lot of these Southern Baptist uh, denominations and, and so forth, they break apart. They're, they're splinters and it's over usually some kind of doctrinal difference. And many times these are the minors, like, you know, it might be something like, say, uh, what should women wear? Should heads be covered? Uh, should men have beards? Things like that. You know, it could be all sorts of different things, interpretations of different passages, whereas, you know, um, then there is a major thing where now we call it it's a new gospel, right? A new gospel, of course, the gospel being that um, we are all sinners. We have all come short of the glory of God. And because of this, we have sinned. And the Because of that, there is judgment and sin leads to death, and we are indebted to God. However, by putting our faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, he took that punishment for us, the death that we should have received for our sins and all of our our deeds that we have wrought on earth— he took that punishment, past, present, and future, for everyone by believing that, you know, he, he, he died for us. And on the third day, he rose again, and that is the resurrection. Believing that is the gospel that, you know, Paul preached, Peter preached, and so forth. That was all through the New Testament. All the apostles preached that. However, there is a new gospel. And even in the days of the apostles, you know, Paul himself had to address a lot of this. And it was a, a point of uh, contention in that sense that, you know, because of for whatever reason, people did not adhere to that specific gospel. And even people who did believe it at one point, because of uh, different speakers and, 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 and silver-tongued uh, religious leaders coming in, they were able to pull away different groups. As you can see in Paul's letters to the Galatians, in specific, he's warning against these different gospels, these new gospels. And, you know, he is so heartbroken, especially in the first chapter and the second chapter, about how, you know, this church was so sound, such good doctrine they received. They put their faith in Jesus through hearing the gospel. Yet these these other preachers came in, crept in unawares, and, you know, they are like wolves in sheep's clothing that they let into their, their, their midst, right, that, that pulled away the brethren, and it caused split and contention in the church. And, you know, this happens all the time, and specifically in this case, right, with the Galatians, right, there were the Jews of that day, right? They wanted to add the law into salvation. It wasn't simply just believing in Jesus and all of that I said, you know, the death, burial, resurrection. Uh, he took the payment. Uh, he paid the ultimate sacrifice for us so that way we could be saved. No, they also added in the laws because they wanted to appease the Jewish community. They wanted to be inclusive of them, if you will. And because of that, the gospel was changed and it caused a lot of problems in that church. And that's what that whole epistle is all about. It is addressing all those issues, all those problems that were caused by that. And today we see a lot of a progressive Christianity because we're trying to, again, we're trying to do different things that are 
uh, if you will, a little bit more inclusive of of different groups, right? We we don't want to offend certain people, and um, we know that certain people won't accept the gospel, won't accept the Bible because what it says, you know, about uh, different things that clash with what science says, what what uh, we we currently believe with gender and gender roles, sexuality, and all these different things. Certain people just don't want to hear the Bible, so there are some preachers that won't, you know, they'll say, "Let's go out and let's not use the." Bible. Let's not do anything that will offend people because they know what the Bible says about science and all those different things. So let's not use the Bible. Now, this is all with good intentions. They're trying to say that, you know, in theory, I, I believe it is anyways. I mean, there are some nefarious people out there that just want to uh, lead captives into the wrong direction. But I, I genuinely believe that a lot of people start off with good intentions saying, okay, for example, millennials might have a, a hard time believing this stuff because it the book seems to be a book of fiction, right? So let's not bring up creation. Let's not bring up that God made everything. Let's not bring up that there is sin and all these different things. And in result, what happens is we really end up with so many different churches speaking on different gospels. Because let's say uh, one community has a specific area that 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 seems to be rampant in that community, and the pastor or the preachers or whatever feels that you know we really can't speak about this, we can't take a stance on this particular thing, or let's just you know um, avoid that within the faith, let's avoid that within the scripture, let's not even bring up the Bible altogether. What ends up happening is. Uh, you'll see like progressive groups going out and they'll say something like, you know, it starts off as simple as, you know, uh, your sin um, going from your sin offends a holy God. But Jesus allows us to go to heaven, allows us to be saved and overcome all of that. Then you'll start to hear um, God accepts your sin as you are, you know, um, then it, it morphs over time to there is no sin, just people, just people that are trying to seek happiness. And that's what it all is all about. And the book is just really a guidelines and nothing is concrete. And the whole thing starts to fall apart very quickly. And, and you might think I'm just exaggerating or just being an alarmist or just taking things to the extreme. But the other day I was speaking to an 11 year old and, you know, she was asking me a lot of questions about the Bible and various different things. And first of all, I didn't even solicit this conversation. She just came to me and just started randomly uh, speaking about life and different things. And I was like, well, I like, you know, at 11 years old, I wasn't thinking about these things. But for whatever reason, again, I this person doesn't even know that I have a Bible podcast or anything or that I am a person that is, you know, uh, really versed in scripture as far as I just read a lot of the Bible. I'm not saying I'm some sort of expert, but I could answer a lot of those questions and it just came up in conversation, which literally had nothing to be, do about God or um, wrong and right or anything. I, I honestly don't even know how it got there other than maybe God just sparked this uh, little child's mind to start to ask some questions and I just happened to be there at the right time. And in this case, she starts to say to me, uh, that she uh, believes or she has been taught, I should say, uh, that there is no sin. And again, that, they, you know, as long as people are trying to be happy, then it, it's all good. So, you know, as an 11 year old, that might sound great and, and warm and fuzzy and you might not want to pop that bubble, a bubble. But down the line, if I confirm that it's going to create such a problem uh, in her for when she is going out to seek God and seek truth. And it could seriously be a huge hurdle 
a, a deterrent for her to ever come to Christ. So what I said to her, um, well, if that makes sense, how would you feel if someone stole your phone? Because she, uh, you know, is of that age where at 11 years old, she has her smartphone and she's Googling and watching YouTube and everything. And I said, how would you feel if uh, another child, one of your classmates stole your phone? She said, I'd be pretty mad. I said, why would you be pretty mad? She said, because you're not supposed to steal anything. So I simply asked her, well, that other child uh, was just simply trying to be happy. They didn't have a cell phone and they wanted your cell phone. So why is that wrong? She goes, well, that's not right at all. Right. So now here we go. A simple illustration like that. And the whole thing falls apart. Now, I did not go into some deep theology and all sorts of things with her, but I just wanted her to see that although that is a popular view, that is what she has heard from her friends in school and maybe even teachers, because certain things she said, I couldn't believe that teachers are actually saying uh, that to her. And I'm not even talking about um, religion per se, but just, you know, I just don't think those conversations should be had with an 11 year old in school. But that that's a different topic in itself. (laughs) And, you know, so these topics are coming up and what ends up happening now when the church adopts all these different things, because we're encountering this youth. There's a different generation where, you know, technically I am a millennial. I'm I'm one of the older millennials, if you will. Uh, I like to say I'm an Oregon Trail millennial. We grew up with dial up Internet and AOL and all that different stuff. But even with my generation, it was it's very hard for a lot of us to come to Christ, come to terms with the Bible, because, and a lot of it comes with what we learned uh, in Sunday school, and then comparing that with what we're learning, whether from the classroom or our friends at class, so, I mean, in school, so it is, it is a lot to reconcile, and because of that, a lot of youth pastors, a lot of uh, religions, if you will, religious leaders will try to adapt the message to fit the current climate, and that is why there is a lot of confusion. It ends up causing a lot of breakaways, because a lot of this stuff cannot be reconciled and one little shift to try to be a little bit quote-unquote more inclusive to get the youth to get the whatever community the the you know the black community the 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 latinos whatever it is they're trying to you know include all these different things instead of just getting the message right just saying what the bible says and allowing that person to either accept or reject it they say no that can't work in these days and that's why a lot of the time we end up with so many churches and these things are just popping up left and right right now pretty much with uh the uh with youtube and a microphone and the internet anyone can start a church really you you just get two and three followers and you know you have a youtube service going up and you call yourself a pastor so you know this thing is becoming a lot more widespread so how do you know which one is right how how do you sift through all this noise all these different uh flavors and denominations and what have you to figure out what is true well Using the Bible, because at the end of the day, the one thing that all of these uh, denominations and beliefs and everything have in common is, you know, it could be very different um, the regards to how much they revere the Bible, but at least they have the Bible in common in the sense that they use it to some degree. So I would say use the Bible, and that's what the Bible actually says. Test the spirits, test the teachings and everything. See how it lines up with the Bible, because just pointing the fact out that they're all using the Bible in some way or not, that you know that it is uh, important. It is the central 
what is the the faith is built upon well use that to judge which church is the right way which church is telling the right thing and i'm not here to tell you to go to this church and go to that church because at the end of the day that's between you and god and i truly believe that if you read the bible you pray you ask god where to go to church which denomination or whatever it is is right um he will lead you in the place that you need to go and it might be for a season it might be uh, for, you know, what, whatever reason you might be in the military and you're stationed in one place and this is the best church for you at the moment. Who knows what it is, what your situation is, because I can tell you all those stops along the way, seeing all these different things. And most of them happened before I was even a Christian, like just trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, it has all come together for good. You know, Romans 8:28, all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And I can definitely say, all that foolishness, all the craziness that I saw throughout the years, uh, it has helped me to, if nothing else, make podcast episodes. So hopefully this is helpful to you and could help you to sort out all the madness. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you know, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, if you look at the show notes, you'll see all the socials and, you know, you could give me uh, a message or whatever it is, tweet at me, whatever y- you need to do to get in contact with me. And of course, I would appreciate any reviews, whichever podcast app that you're using. And of course, share this with a friend because, you know, that's what the greatest part about doing this is and speaking about the Bible and everything. I really want everyone to have access to the joy and the peace and the freedom that you can find through Christ by simply diving into the Bible. And, you know, that is really my goal is to share this with as many people as possible so that way they can make decision for themselves and to come to Christ. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode and I will see you in the next one. <music>